How we doing? We're back already in Atlantic City at Borgata. It's foul territory. Scotty Braun, Todd Father, and Eric Kratz with you. Not just this week. You know, we got back-to-backs coming up. Back-to-back jacks, baby. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. We'll be here on Friday. I'm Next Friday. I'm ready. Always. Mark your calendars wrong, in case I'm you ready. want to come see us in person. We will be here 1 to 3 on whatever day that is. What is that? The 15th of September as well. Uh, today, we're talking to Ken Rosenthal in about 15 minutes. We'll get... Ryan Helsley of the St. Louis Cardinals coming up at around 2 o'clock Eastern time. Lance Lynn at 2.30. He had some issues on Thursday. Fans were getting after him, and he's back now. I'm, I'm, I wasn't even talking about on the mound, but he had some issues on yes. the mound too. But couldn't make it to come in here in about an hour and a half. And lastly, we'll bring back our feature that we're going to do basically every day. A little caller at the end of the show. I love it. I love it. Begin- the first one was a Todd Father been, special. I'm getting respect on there, man. That's all I ask for is respect. Cousin and Aiden. you need to give me respect, too. I, I won't. You earn respect. And I, you, <laughs> you earn it. We got to make sure that the callers are polished, though. Like the caller we got yesterday. Was nervous. I was I nervous. I didn't hear that one. I'm he, sorry. He was nervous. He was excited. He was complimentary. Hey, I can't believe I'm talking to you guys. This is great. But also, we were like, what do you got? Let's go. What do you got? Um, that's the excitement of it. It's hearing your guys' voices talking back to somebody. I mean, I'd be nervous too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you seem nervous now. Uh, nervous also, uh, live from Borgata, <laughs> Atlantic City's best live entertainment is on stage year-round right here. Visit theborgata.com for the full entertainment lineup. And uh, let's charge the damn mount. Let's start with the Arizona Diamondbacks taking down the Chicago Cubs. And not one, but... Two dingers from your boy Tommy Pham. Did you? You didn't play with him, did you? Never played. Always played against man. Okay, I think Kratz you did. Played with him. He played on the Mets. Played on the Reds, mm-hmm. like you. But he didn't play with yeah, you at the nope. same time. You Rays. played with him where? With the Rays. With the Rays. Yeah, and he is exactly like Ken Rosenthal wrote. Like you're getting honesty. You're getting somebody with like an edge. But everyone hears edge and they're like. Oh. Is he not a nice guy? Yeah, true, true. Like, what? No, he, like, wants to come. Like, I feel like there was a lot of his mindset. There was a lot of commonality. Like, we didn't share, like, similar likes and dislikes of things. That doesn't mean he was a bad teammate. Like, this dude comes to the park every day to ball out. And he, just like they said, he works hard. He was kind of going through his, like, eye contact thing when I played with him. And he is... He's a great pickup. I really, I was really hoping the Phillies were going to pick him up because, you know, get to see him local there. But he's not really a huge pickup in the outfield. But even in the article, it talks about how he cares about. He cares about his defense. He cares mm-hmm. about the little things because he wants to win every game. I just think he's ultra competitive. And he's a guy that will go out there and give you what you want. I mean, sometimes people are like, oh, man, he's been playing for all these different teams. Well, people like him. People want him on the team. I don't know who wouldn't. He always gave me respect. I always gave him respect, and he's just a dude. He's just a dude, I call him. And that's a guy you want on the squad, and he's going to give you everything he can. And it's a quiet. At the same time, he speaks with that stick, too, as well. So love the guy to death. He's not quiet with the media. So this is the thing. Does he get a bad rep sometimes, which is completely undeserved? And I've come across him multiple times, too, and had cool combos. And, and the dude is a, is a hustler. He's, oh, I always would catch him at the ballpark. He's taking swings. He's in the um, weight room. Like, he is all in, which is what Ken wrote about as well. Um, But he's a straight shooter, both with the media, and I've been told teammates say he's a straight shooter too. So what? That's cool. I like that. He'll tell you like it is. No, you need some guys in your life 
that are honest with you, like, bro, I don't like your shirt, right? Like, why'd you wear that today? <laughs> Yours I love. But you know what I'm saying? The guy that walks in where he's like, yo, I got a new haircut. And everyone's like, oh, awesome. And then Tommy Pham's like, dude, no, you're going back to that in two weeks. 100%. That, that is what you need. That's my theory on bad haircuts. <laughs> you need Tommy Pham, if, if he cares to take the time, he might just be like, whatever, bro. Like, you're not worth my time because you're super insecure. You're always looking for, you know, other people to build you up. Like, that's a mm-hmm. true – that's what a true friend is. And I think that's where – the love that he gets is from, and yet the salacious stories about him are, oh, he slapped this guy. Oh, you know, <laughs> he got stabbed. You know, all this stuff. Like, that, like, actually go and learn something about him. Learn something about the guy or ask somebody who played with him. I would love to find somebody who played with him who was, like, bad teammate, selfish. No, no. none of that. None of that. He came up with the Cardinals. Watching dudes like, watching dudes like, Wayno, watching dudes like Yachty, like they come to the park, and they're locked in to do everything. They're locked in to get their work in, hit in a cage, go out in the field, take your fly balls, and that's the kind of stuff that I think going to the Diamondbacks could pay dividends for the Diamondbacks because he most likely won't be there next year for years to come. And it, I don't want to downplay another human, but. They traded away a prospect that I believe was outside of their top 30. So it didn't cost much to get an impact bat. That's an impact bat. And it was the case before he got to Arizona, too. He was having a good year at the dish for the Mets, and that continued. To me, that's where probably some of the front office dudes that looked at him over the last few years that are too much into projections were like, meh, I don't know. Maybe that was just a flash for a few months where he was at this level of slugging percentage. Uh, no, he's slugging this year. He's having a great year. He's, he's on the field. And he's gone to Arizona, and his production's gone down a little bit, but everything that they talked about with Arizona is how much of an impact he's making with the guys that are there, the young guys. And his, and his production doesn't need to be elite carry the team. This team's built on speed and running the bases and defense. They can make changes. They can change him out late in the game with a lead if they need to. So it's it's a team that he's built to help that, oh, by the way, just slid into the last spot in the wild card. Exactly. <laughs> Let's have a look. I mean, this team goes past the Marlins into the third wild card. So we can check out standings and or some scheduling, too, for the Diamondbacks coming up because, I mean, we got a few weeks left in the season. Todd Fathers Reds. Yes. Here's their schedule coming up. Cubs, Phillies. Ooh. I'm talking about the wild card right now. Ooh. So if you think the Cubs and Phillies are in, you're talking Marlins, D-backs. I don't think San Francisco. I think San Francisco. All right, okay, so Marlins, D-backs, Reds for one spot. Okay, so here's Arizona's schedule. And if you're listening to the mm. pod right now, we're looking at the schedule. I'll read it out for you. Three at Wrigley. Four in Queens against the Mets. Three more against the Cubs. Two against the Giants. Three in the Bronx against the Yanks. They got three at the White Sox and then three at home against the Astros. That's a tough schedule. Oh, That's a pretty tough schedule. With Hang. the Mets and Yankees playing better, that, yeah. that makes it a tougher Hang schedule. Right. Those, guys, those series aren't sweep series. So good Hang. luck to you. Hang with them. Yeah. Jordan Lawler made his debut too, by the way, and congrats to him getting the infield knock, showing off some of the speed that he's going to bring to the mix. So we talked about him a little bit yesterday, Kratzy. One thing I'm noticing, and we'll bring that into 
what the Rangers are doing now with their top prospect is teams are looking at the end of the season and they're saying, okay, either a dude's hurt or we didn't get what we wanted at the trade deadline. We've got a prospect, not totally sure if he's ready. Sometimes it's like Evan Carter who we'll get to. He's in double A. The numbers are good. He's not like the best player in the league. Well, let's just call him up and see if he continues that. And if he doesn't struggle right away at the next level, because if he does, we send him back down. If he doesn't, well, we're in a playoff race. Where else are we turning? You have to go to it. And I think it's a tough one when you lose a guy like Nick Ahmed, just talking about Lawler. But when you bring a guy up to play, he made it short. I've heard so much about him. Vernon Wells talks about this dude all the time. Same, I think same high school as his son or one of his sons or cousins, something like that. He is the real deal at shortstop. Just that one play, you see how he moves, and then the infield single that should have been an out, and he beat it out easy. He rolls down the line. So I think you can plug a guy in like that. But you also look at the fact that I said it yesterday, young guys – they're working on things in the minor leagues. So you look at a guy like Jason Dominguez, who's probably hitting 240, 245, and then he got hot. People are like, oh, well, you can't just call him up because he had one hot month in, in July or August. You know, that's why you call him up. They're working on things to get to that hot month. They're working on, okay, how do you stay inside the ball better? Best example I give is Andrew McCutcheon. I played AAA with him. He had gotten called up about this time. Well, a month left in the AAA season the year before. Played, kind of was working on some stuff. His natural talent was through the roof. They were like, hey, you got to be able to start hitting the ball, not even to the opposite field, because all he would do is pull hook things because he had stupid bat speed. He was starting to hit the ball up the middle more, and they're like, okay, this is what, this is what we were looking for. Regardless of the numbers, his numbers were great, but regardless of the numbers, when you have that success, move the guy up especially when you can play defense like this Lawler kid. And, and it can bring a newfound energy to a ball club, too, as oh. well, bringing some young studs up. Hey, hey, you know what? Go do your thing, big dog. I'm going to follow you for a little bit. Why not? doesn't have to be the veteran guy that takes care of everybody. This guy comes in, hits an infield single. All of a sudden, you're on the top step like, yo, did you see this son of a gun? Look at him go. So newfound energy, newfound uh, prowess, newfound love for the team. They got, they, got a, they got some work to do. But, yes, with this schedule. And same thing with the Rangers, I'll just say quick, because then we got some breaking news. They put Adolis Garcia on the IL. He got hurt going for that ball that who, – who hit the homer? It was Brantley's homer it was Brantley's. in the Astros series. And they're calling up their top prospect in Evan Carter to see if they can catch a little lightning in a bottle too. And we can show you a few tweets from Evan Grant, J.J. Cooper, and, and Ken Landry just to give a little more context on Carter and the situation here. So here's Grant first off Ooh. on – Garcia, patellar tendon strain. You guys are both making faces. That's just a that's, that's just right a, there. Oh, I know. It's right exactly in front of the is. knee. Like you're ah, that is and the way he landed too was kind of yeah. Awkward. You, you never would see anything with the knee, <laughs> but patella tendon ah, just makes me appreciate it. That holds my everything knee. together. It feels like it. All right. So JJ Cooper, who often gives us the scouting reports on this show delivers this tweet when he finds out Evan Carter's coming up to the bigs. A massive tip of the cap to the Rangers and Carter. 2020 was a crazy draft year. It was, and there was only, I think it was five rounds. But the Rangers saw something very few teams saw in Carter, and they deserve credit for it. They did a great job of scouting. And 
I can just add, I mean, yeah, there was some criticism back then. They were like, oh, they probably reached. He was picked too high. Okay, well, they had their own evaluation of him, and they nailed it, at least up to this point, right? He has been a legit prospect in the minors. We'll see how he does in the majors in his debut tonight against the Oakland A's. And they're showing his numbers in double A, 284, 411, 451. They call him up. He's been in triple A. We're seeing this a lot now, Kratzy, too. Double A, they let you sit for a while. Triple A, like, like Martian, Dominguez, a bunch of dudes. They spend like a week or two there, and they're like, all right, you're good. Let's go. It's not, it's not a better talented league. No. Double A is way more talent. Triple A is way more brains and thoughtful. You leave a guy there, teams will start seeing him a couple times, and they'll have older guys who have lesser stuff than what's in the big leagues getting these guys out. What I like about this guy, in his career in the minor leagues, he's got 246 games, 15, almost 16% walk rate. Mm. 19% strikeout rate. Like, this dude swings it. And mm-hmm. I was going to tip on what he said. Double A, that's what separates everybody, at least from what I remember. You get to double A, if you can hang in double A, you know, put up some numbers there. I think that's what separates the men from the boys making it to the big leagues. Because, like you said, you go to triple A, you got the crafty guys that, you know, the old veterans coming down, like, oh, I get to face this guy, let me bing, bang, boom. It's all about working up here in AAA. But you, you pretty much are there if you can work your, your ass off in AA and do pretty well. In my Talent. Opinion. Talent, Talent yeah. is in AA. Like, you're going to have stuff night in and night out. Then you're going to have more, like, brains and ability to, like, how did I have success? How do I get this guy out? Game planning kind of thing. All right. Now let's get your react- reaction to some breaking news. Okay? Tough. So we're going to get Ken Rosenthal on soon. We're going to show you what the Dodgers just sent out in a press release. I'll read it for everyone. Today, the Dodgers are announcing right-handed pitcher Walker Bueller, who's recovering from Tommy John surgery, will not return during the 2023 season with an eye toward coming back at the start of the 2024 campaign. And here's the quote from Walker. He said, my goal since last year has been to return to a major league mound this season. After many conversations with my doctor, the Dodgers front office, training staff, and my fam, We concluded that waiting until next season is the right course of action. I'm disappointed I will not be able to help this team go after a title in the 2023 postseason, but I look forward to returning fully healthy in 2024 and bringing another World Series to L.A. Whoa. I'll only say whoa because I was doing a lot more digging on this before we learned of this news, and we'll get more context like why, what happened, are you hurt, What was was there a setback, or did they just sit down and say – hey, we're going to kind of rush you back to then throw you into October baseball. It's pretty unconventional. I, I did hear from some people around the team because we debated this, how many innings he would be prepared for. Initially, their plan was to get him ready for four to five innings. That's basically a starter in the playoffs, though, Kratzy. I mean, most dudes are only going about five innings in the playoffs when they start. He did two innings last weekend, perfect in a rehab outing. Still had a few weeks that you could build up to. And you can. we've seen guys kind of build themselves up while they're in the bigs, right? Could have seen a few innings from him, then four innings, and then get to five. It doesn't matter now. It's all done. And what he said is what really sticks out to me, where he said, I was rehabbing to pitch in a big big league season. And if the Dodgers are like, hey, you know what? We're not really looking for you to be this role, X role. We're not going to really push this thing. And he's like, well, wait a minute. So you're saying I'm not going to have a chance? Like, I don't have a chance to pitch in the big leagues? Like, I think it's a great move. I think it sucks for the Dodgers. So if the Dodgers were in on this decision and it wasn't just walkers, 
It sucks for them. That's tough. They are out. They're out Gonsolin now. They're out Rias. They're out. Bueller was going to be, I said, two to three inning guy. You were saying the other day, three to four, hopefully four to five. I'd have a hard time believing that. Still, that's innings. I'm trying to think. I think there's someone else that they're missing. Dustin May. Oh, Dustin May again. It's a lot of dudes. They still have a lot of good young pitching, but those dudes haven't been there before, right? Pepio looked really good yesterday. He was carrying the Perfecto for a while. Bobby Miller's a dude. Yep. Emmett Sheehan's got good stuff. They've got a lot of good stuff, guys, but some of them have been iffy this year. But what do you think happened with either. Walker? Like, I mean, uh, we're he, probably going to get more context. He but, went two innings in AAA, too. Like so, he, so how does that happen where you do that? It, it, to me, if he did that last week and he felt something, that's one thing. It doesn't sound right, right? Because they would have said like something. Yeah. So, so did they sit down and say, oh, wait, never mind. We're not going to have you come back in this role. Do you think there was arguments behind the scenes on how he was going to be used? And yes. it was one of those Josh Hader stories where it's like Hader eventually said, listen, the way the arbitration system works, the way my arm works, you guys have used me in a variety of ways that are not the best for my health long term. And we've seen Hader have a lot of good longevity despite having, you know, he's got he's got emotion, right? Like he brings it. It is not low stress. And he's kept himself on the field. You get three outs. I don't care what you say. You get three outs. Is this pitcher taking care of himself first because he's the asset? 100%. I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go I ahead. don't know. Because yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm sure you got a good answer. There's got to be some more behind it, dude. I, it's weird. Like, is he still hurt? Something bothering him. Did he say, you know what? I'm going to take off now. I don't want to do this. I, I don't Why know. would he say that, though? I, he's in the prime of his career. We don't know. That's yeah. the problem. Do, do they think he's not going to be ready at the end of this month? I, I, I don't know, man. I'm not a pitcher. I, I don't know much about what he's going through, but there's got to be more to it. I, I just I, I can't speculate. I don't know. So he's made eight relief appearances ever in his career. Gotcha. And that was his first season. Only reliever. Every other appearance in the big leagues has been a starter except one, and that was in his second season. So he's going into arbitration. You also have to remember, he has, before this season, it's four years, 168 days. Yeah. They made sure he's not a free agent. This might be his chance to make sure he's 100% healthy going into free agency. Then that makes tons of sense. This is his second. Obviously, all this is speculation. We haven't talked to him. We don't know. But this is his second Tommy John. So why not just give yourself another five or six more months? Give yourself okay. a few more months. You're not, you're not trying to push it. And I think if they said you're not coming in to be a starter, he may have said, meh. So he gone. There's a lot of chatter right now. I think it's smart, but you look at it like, oh, not a team player. No, save that. No, but I'm just saying that's what some people will say. I mean, we got a player. We got a World Series to win. But guess what? You got to be smart with this guy. You got to be smart up here, too. His agent's probably talking to him, too, I would assume. Well, and some in the chat saying maybe they rushed him back. I mean, this is second Tommy John for him, and it's threw, only been like, about 12 we months. We would have heard something if he was hurt, right or wrong. Right. He, we got to ask If Ken. he was hurt, if he was in trouble, it's none of that stuff because they would say it. This yeah. is a conversation behind the scenes. Hey, Steven Strasberg we're about to talk about, too. 
he got shut down at one point coming off of Tommy John surgery. And I think it kind of changed the way we looked at pitching. It was like, I don't care about our team and winning this year. It's about long-term what's going to happen with you. Right. We've had that conversation. It's in the same realm here. Tommy John of like, when you come back, what's too soon. Second TJ is usually more difficult. 12 to 18 months. He's only on the 12 end. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll preview some games coming up tonight, including what the Dodgers have in the works we'll take some of your questions maybe a caller will call us about that at the end of the show and then we'll be joined by ken in about 10 minutes when we swing back so let's do a little game previewing while we have time last minute game time sponsored by our friends our partners at game time best ticketing app out there especially for last minute tickets we've got a full slate of games all of them occurring in the evening there's arguments going on right now over who gets to pick which game they're going to first we'll talk about the app which you can grab tickets at Promo code's at the bottom there if you're joining for the first time on game time. FT Live is the code. All caps, please. Where are we going to get a last-minute ticket to a game? I have to go first because <laughs> I got to get out of here. I'm going to the Cardinals-Cubs game. Anytime you have a chance to Johnny go to back. Not allowed. What did I say? You said Cardinals. Cardinals. I'm sorry. <laughs> and anyway, not allowed. Can't go there. I know. Why I know can't that's I? I need to. I got to go. That's why show. I had to go first. It's in the middle of the show. Oh, he's gone. This is the best part of game time is you can look up a show. You just need to know how far you are. And AC's got my PJ because I borrowed it from I borrowed it from the Todd father. I'm PJ gone. is private jet in case you're a new foul territory fan. That, that's the game. To me, that's the game. I'm not going to mention any others because I'm not an AJ. I'm not going to strong arm the game time <laughs> segment. But that's the game that you have to be locked into. Yeah, it's a wild card matchup. It matters yes. for both sides. I will say this. When you look at the matchups tonight, there are not great pitchers on the mound, number no. one. Number two is you have a lot of I'm a playoff contender versus I'm not. Like, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a spot because I know you're not going there, so I'm no, going to take your spot. Ready? I, I know you're like not you're going gonna there. I going to pick what I'm going to pick. I promise you I won't. I uh, promise. I know you. We, we've, we've been doing this show for months together. All right, let me just I tell him first you. so he, he knows. That. Steak dinner. Okay, if I pick your game. That's mine. Okay. Ready for mine? Yeah. Royals, Blue Jays. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, there is no chance no, that you're no, picking no. that game. Let's and I'll tell you why. Anyway. <laughs> first of all, you say Kikuchi has had a really good season, and especially a second half of the season. He has gotten it back together. I mean, this was a dude that was potentially, if you looked at what he was doing last year, going to get cut by the team or DFA or something in the midst of a big contract. Like, he, he was that bad last year. He's one of the worst pitchers in baseball. He is much better now, and here's my problem. You're the Blue Jays. You lost your last game to the A's. You cannot lose back-to-back -back games to the worst team in baseball. You do not deserve to be in the playoffs. And by worst, I mean A's and Royals. They are the two worst records in baseball. They're fighting it out. You need sweeps. And, and Kansas City's actually, in my mind, like, they're a little feisty. It's not an easy sweep right now. No? Their pitching's terrible, but they're hitting a little bit. My point I, is, I, that's a game I got to go to. Mm -hmm. They've been playing; they played close games against Oakland. Besides the one, the two out of three were close. I think they yeah. were. No, I, I agree. I just you got to get a dub. It's not as appetizing. That's why I picked it. I knew <laughs> I, I couldn't get you the steak. He needs dinner. a bigger spotlights. Listen, usually you know where I'd be going, but mm -hmm. it's an easy win for them today. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the Yanks they, against? They got the Theodore Brewers? Brockington, what? Demarius on the mound. Yankees won nothing today. Anyway, I'm going to go <laughs> no I'm going to go to your stomping ground. 
No chance what? They don't win today? No, no, no. There's a chance they win. No oh. chance one nothing with that pitching matchup. I'm sorry. We'll see. Taking Colin the over. Ray and Theodore Brockington. I, I meant to say one and oh, but it's all right. Eleven ten and I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the over. I'm going down to Geno's, baby. I'm getting me a cheesesteak. I'm going to Philly. I want to see what Miami, if they got some cojones in them, mm-hmm. man. This is a big spotlight for them against your Phillies. I think this is a good matchup. It's a battle between NLE's contenders. And Miami's a half game out. Let's go. Yeah. This is their new guy, too, because Alcantara's got that four, eerie forearm strain. I'm not seeing him the rest of the year. Yuri, Yuri the guy. Yes, exactly. You, Yuri Perez is stud. Yep. You're right. They I need to win the games when he's on the mound. And Philly, obviously, is trying I'll to fight for their own wild card. They're trying to hold off Chicago. So we gave you plenty of options. Hit the game time app. Use the code. FT Live for last-minute tickets if you need them. And I like Todd Father picking kind of the home field advantage here. If you're in Atlantic City, it's about an hour to Philly. I was in Philly last night. I flew into Philly. Right to the stadium. From hour? One hour. From here to Philly? I thought it was less. Easy peasy. It was about an hour. It was a little more than I thought it was going to be, actually, on my drive yesterday. But it's all good. Uh, (laughs) Last-minute tickets should not be stressful. We're showing you what it's all about on the Game Time app. You can get those flash deals that pop up for you. And... Most importantly, this is the only place you should be going for last-minute tickets because the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they'll credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download that app. Create an account. Use code FTLive for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, you create the account. You redeem the code, all caps, FTLive, for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, we're back on FT Live. There's some really good uh, stepbrothers chatter going on, but we have a lot of business to get to. So if we have time, we'll talk about the Rays Mariners that Ken Rosenthal is covering this weekend. Ken, great to see you. And let's get right to the Walker Bueller news. Were you surprised? And what do you think of a player that's coming off another Tommy John, coming back for a rehab outing, and then saying, I'm done, but we didn't hear like I'm hurt or anything. So what did you take from it? Never surprised when a pitcher coming off a Tommy John like this says, okay, I'm not ready. And it was always going to be a race against time for Walker Bueller. It was not guaranteed that he would pitch, much less pitch effectively for the Dodgers this season. So clearly the Dodgers need him, ideally, especially with the odious news. But at the same time, I can't say they were counting on him. I doubt they were counting on him. And this way he'll come back for 24 and just be fully ready to go. Was your feeling on this that it was a Bueller thing, a mutual thing? I know in his words he said it was a mutual thing with doctors and the team and his representatives. The part that I saw was his representatives. He's four days away from being a free agent, so he has to play another season. Did that go into it? Well, that was always going to be the case anyway, Eric. You get – time service time when you're on the injured list so i don't see that being any factor at all the representatives the agents are always involved in these discussions as are the doctors as are the teams these are the way these things go down and i would say if you're suggesting that the dodgers might be mad at him for this there's no way you can be because you cannot push a player when he's not right and i don't have all the medical information and certainly i was not part of those conversations only those people were but Again, it seemed to me it was always going to be right until the end. And the fact that it didn't work out exactly as they might have hoped, that does not surprise me. 
Ken, simple, why would they pitch him then? Why would they even just have him go out there and have some rehab starts? I'm kind of confused on that one. He was trying to come back. And it doesn't always work out as you intend. So that's really the reason. And again, it's just one of these things, guys. I don't read anything nefarious into it or anything underhanded or anything like that. It just seems to me, and again, this just came out, so I haven't talked to anybody about it. But my basic reaction, my initial reaction without talking to anyone is simply that this was never a lock and it's not a shock that he could not exactly get there. Coming back from now two uh, Tommy John surgeries, you know, that's, like the that's system. the other thing. It's more complicated yeah. with a second. We know Valdi had one like it's, you know, Otani might be going through one, too, as well. Like, do you know anything about success rates about that or? You know, yes. does that have that probably had a lot to do with it, like you said. They're lower. The success rate is lower coming back from a second Tommy John. And we have seen pitchers do it, and it's not impossible. But what I understand is that the rehabilitation is more delicate, more involved, a little bit more complicated. And the fact that this is a second Tommy John, it doesn't surprise me at all, again, that this is the outcome because that's what happens here. And we always expect now with Tommy John, oh, guy come back, it's 12 to 14 months, maybe 18, whatever. He's back, he's healthy, he's good. Well, it's not always that way even with the first, although the success rate is quite high right now. But the second, it's a little trickier. And again, it's not something I think we should be passing judgment on. Okay, Ken, the Nationals are in the news for all the wrong reasons. So Strasburg's now not having his retirement ceremony. Mike Rizzo is still not signed. How do I put this kindly? What the fuck is going on in D.C.? That is not so kind, Scott. But (laughs) (laughs) they're in the middle of a potential sale. That's one thing that's going on. And clearly the relationship between Mike Rizzo and ownership, as I wrote today, does not appear to be as strong as the relationship between ownership and Davey Martinez. Davey Martinez, the manager, got an extension more than two weeks ago, and Rizzo is still kind of hanging out there. They're dismissing scouts, some of his special assistants, and they're cutting the budget on player op- player personnel people down to the bone, it seems. And I'm not quite sure how to read this. Again, I wrote about it today in The Athletic, and it's kind of an involved situation. But it seems to me that you're telling Mike Rizzo, as the Nationals owners, okay, you can come back, but you're coming back on our terms. You're coming back maybe not for two years like Davey, and you're coming back with a much lesser staff and the removals of a lot of people you brought in. And Mike Rizzo is a scout at heart. That is how he got into the game. And it must be very difficult for him to deal with scouts being let go. Now, all that said, Mike Rizzo, as I wrote, can be mercurial. He's a guy that can be difficult to work for and work with. They have not had the best record developing pitching. They were slow to embrace analytics. And they have what a lot of teams would regard as somewhat of a bloated staff. So there's never a total right or wrong in any of these situations. But ownership is under pressure here. And they're under pressure because they want to sell the team. They're under pressure because their revenues are down. Attendance is down this year. They haven't gotten a jersey patch deal. They don't have a naming rights deal for the ballpark. They're not where they should be revenue-wise. And right now, it's just kind of a huge uncertain situation. And the Strasbourg thing 
as the Athletics Brick Garoli reported, comes down to the learners, the owners of the team, not wanting to pay the full freight. Well, guess what? You have to pay the full freight. These contracts are fully guaranteed. Steven Strasburg is not his fault. I mean, I'm, he's injured. It's not his fault that he's injured. And you didn't get insurance on the contract. Now, granted, the premiums probably would have been excessive, but that you've got to live with as the Nationals. So they planned this retirement ceremony, apparently thinking they could, I don't know, get some kind of deal. And that wasn't ever going to happen. So it's a big mess all around. I guess I'd put it that way. There's so many questions that I, that I want to ask you about this from Stroudsburg, but you mentioned, I think it was 14 scouts got fired, yeah, and yet this that, team yes. is in a rebuild. Am I, yes. Do I have that right? They're in a rebuild? How the yeah, heck are they correct. supposed to rebuild? Well, it's a good question, Eric. And the ownership of this team has always taken an unusual approach to spending in certain areas. We've seen them sign some massive free agent contracts, Strasburg being one, Scherzer was another. Patrick Corbin at the time. Of course, they've let some players go, too, that they couldn't sign. Bryce Harper foremost among them. But they've always kind of cut costs in different areas to do all these things. It's just the way they operate. They, you can say, are nickel and dime kind of owners. So it doesn't surprise me that they're taking this course. And it doesn't necessarily relate to player payroll, from what I understand. Payroll could remain X, and they still would cut Y, from the baseball operations budget, even though most of these people, even the most senior of them, do not make what we would consider a lot of money by baseball standards. So it is a curious approach, and you might think, well, maybe they're trying to run, run Mike Rizzo off, but Mike Rizzo has nowhere to go, and they don't really want to run him off because they don't want to create a perception of chaos and disruption at a time when they're for sale. You might say, well, why are they doing this with Strasburg, which is creating a perception of chaos and disruption? That's a different question. So they're kind of all over the place right now. So with the Strasburg thing, isn't there precedence with uh, Prince Fielder that this happened? He was, according to your article, he's 100% on the unable to perform list or whatever the new list is. Shouldn't they, can't they just get rid of them? Or what, what is, is there any precedence for a team just hanging on to a guy that is injured and going to yes. take up a 40-man spot? Oh, it happens. I know it's happened before, Eric, put it that way. And there are certain situations where a player will not announce his retirement because he's still collecting salary. Now, I don't recall the specifics of Prince Fielder and what exactly happened there. It was quite some time ago. But the bottom line is, and this is all that matters, Steven Strasburg has a guaranteed contract through 2026. He is unable to perform physically. He just cannot do it. He's not even in a situation where he can rehab. He's done. And they are liable to pay him. They have to pay him. It's as simple as that. And baseball fans know for the most part that these contracts are pretty ironclad. And you can't get out of them. Certainly you can't get out of them because a player is injured. Does he have to show up to the ballpark? Like what's the leverage on the national side, right? Because the way I read this, you know, from the outside is the commissioner's office calls. They go, hey, dude, you can't just give him everything and, and pay him completely out. Like, let's mess with them a little and try and get a buyout out of it, which, hey, the Nats are cheap. They clearly know you're not calling Boris being like, hey, give us some money back. But like, what's the leverage on the other side here? Like, we're not going to do a ceremony for you unless you give us a few million dollars or we're going to make you show up to the park and just sit there and be friends with people, even though you don't have to rehab. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what's the point? 
I don't know what the point is. And I actually, Scott, would doubt seriously that the league called the Nationals and said, hey, squeeze them here. The league knows the union is not going to allow this contract to be reduced in value. There's no way. And the league might do some funky things from time to time. I don't expect that they would have done anything close to that. It seems to me, as Britt reported, that this is a situation where the learners have said, why are we paying him? And there is no leverage. You can't force him to come to the park when he's physically unable to rehab. It's just an odd kind of situation. And what they should have done is gone through with all this and had the ceremony for him and continued as they were paying him and wished him a good farewell because he was a huge part of really their rebirth first and then, of course, their World Series title in 2019. That's what they should have done. It ultimately might be what they end up doing. It's just a mess of their own making, and it was unnecessary. Hey, I want to uh, switch gears and talk about the Diamondbacks. Um, we looked at their schedule. It's a, it's a pretty <laughs> hefty schedule they got coming up. It looks like only one team as of now is going to make it out of the Marlins, Diamondbacks, and Reds. What's your gut telling you right now? I still sort of like the Diamondbacks, even though the schedule is more difficult than most, Todd. And the reason I like them is Zach Gowan and Merrill Kelly. And I also like the fact that they brought up Jordan Lawler. Now, I know he is a top prospect coming into the middle of a pennant race in September. You don't like to do that. And you can look at these teams that they're playing. It's not going to be easy. But at the same time, when you're in a pennant race like this, when you're the Reds, when you're the Marlins, you've got to beat the teams in front of you, whoever they are. The Reds pitching to me is just in a really difficult spot. Now, I don't know Hunter Green is coming back, and that's good, but they've had injuries. They've had the COVID stuff. They were young to begin with. And then the Marlins, Alcantara is now on the IL. He's a question, of course, to come back. Yuri Perez, a youngster, their pitching is kind of in a rocky place. Cabrera's coming back, yes, but overall, it's not ideal. So, yes, Diamondback schedule is not great. But they still, to me, seem like the team that might get there because of those two guys at the top, primarily. Okay, Ken, let's finish with Rays Mariners. You're covering that series this weekend. It was a very Rays Mariners game yesterday. one nothing win for the M's. These teams are built on their pitching. They've got a lot of it. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series and these two teams that could match up in the playoffs? Well, that's a great point, Scott, that we could be seeing a playoff preview here. And... I thought for a time, because the Rays got hot again, maybe they would catch the Orioles, but the deficit is now four games, which is a considerable number. I know they play next week in Baltimore. We're going to have that on Fox as well. But the Rays just right now have to just get there and get in. They've got three starters. Even with all their injuries, they've still got three starters. It's Glass now, it's Eflin, and Savali. It's three pretty good starters. They've got a good bullpen, and they don't beat themselves. They do a lot of good things. The Mariners are another team that could be even more dangerous than Tampa Bay because of their starting pitching. Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, Brian Wu, all of these guys that they're running out there. Bryce Miller, I'm, running, I'm forgetting him. They are, in the playoffs, a potentially very dangerous team. They can move some of those kids into the bullpen, which has actually been okay without Paul Seawald, a couple of hiccups here and there. But that trade helped them. Canzona's helped them. Rojas has helped them. Julio's been great. Teoscar has had a great second half. Cal Raleigh is an all-star kind of player at this point. So I sort of like the Mariners right now, where they are, maybe even a little bit more than Tampa Bay. 
I love that. Well, enjoy the series. Maybe you'll get more than a run per game, but maybe not. And it's a good old-fashioned pitching match. We saw it with Cleveland and Tampa Bay. Remember the game that never ended in uh, the playoffs last year? Nobody wanted to win. <laughs> well, I don't know if you put it that way, but there were some big swings and endless pitching, right? Yep. Uh, Ken, enjoy the series. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Steven Strasburg was like calling fam and friends and everything going, hey, I'm going to do a retirement ceremony, the whole deal. Let's go. They're setting it up for us this Saturday. Book the flights, get everyone in town. And then you get a call like 48 hours before from the Nats going, psych, it's not happening. And we want some money back on the contract. Awkward. I want to know who, who initiated this. From all the reports, it was the Nats initiating this. But was it Rizzo initiating it? Did the learners? No, it was definitely not Rizzo. Rizzo's not even signed right now. They're screwing with him. There's no chance it was Rizzo. So to it's me, it's owners or MLB. And no, I said no, MLB. No, I'm saying I'm what? saying who initiated this originally? Like, hey, we're going to retire. First of all, we talked about it the other day. Retiring Strasburg jersey might be a reach. Might yeah. be like taking a punter in the third third what, round of fantasy what, draft. What are they doing? I don't know. Retiring his jersey? I don't know. Like, I just feel like the whole thing has been handled so weird. Yeah, I don't know. That we need more information. I don't think we're going to get it. But it's just, like, I don't know what you do. Like, they were ready. It's, just, it's Friday. And we're coming back. That, like, they're supposed to be there already. Like, it was a whole weekend thing. They're not just rolling in for the day game Sunday and bouncing out. It's going to be a whole Strasburg weekend. Can I show you a tweet from our buddy Jim Bowden, who also, keep in mind, was a GM for this team before Mike Rizzo took over. He's usually pretty plugged in on that ball club, right? So he tweeted, owner Mark Lerner and president Mike Rizzo offered to pay the full amount of Strasburg's contract, have a retirement ceremony, and retire his uniform next year. Strasburg invited family and friends to D.C. for the September 9th ceremony. That's tomorrow, Saturday. Then according to sources, the commissioner's office talked mm. to the learners, which are the owners of the team, about the bad precedent it sets. And then the learners, the owners, informed Mike Rizzo, the GM, to pull out of the agreement against his wishes. Disappointing, not a good look for the team. That tweet was since taken down. That doesn't mean that it, was, it wasn't right. Against Rizzo's wishes, I guess. Yeah, of course. It's not on Rizzo. He, he was told to do it. Rizzo he was, was told, told to, go to, to Strasburg. call Strasburg. And he's, he's, when you're a front office dude, you're the middle, middle person. You're the middleman, right? You got sure. to deliver the bad news because the owners are rich but and they was, don't want to do But I'm saying it. it was against Rizzo's wishes to do that? Well, yeah. then good for him. Yeah, but Lerner, Lerner, no, Lerner and Strasburg are Guys, yeah, he signed a $245 million contract. Thank you so much for winning me a World Series. Here's a $245 million contract. That was not from Rizzo. And then he told Lerner, hey, I just signed Strasburg for $245 with a year left on his current contract with an agent who never signs extensions. This is going to work out. No, this was Lerner doing it 100%. And to me, the whole retirement of his jersey thing, had to be learner too, so I, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know. I, it just it just feels weird, <laughs> especially at commissioner retarded. office. Yeah. Stuck their nose in this. I don't know. I disagree with Ken. It's messy. It is messy. It is messy. Okay. It's Lionel. All right, let's hit hot corner hit before we get to Lance. Now. Let's sizzle a little bit. Sizzle. That's the only time we're going to talk about the Angels. An actual game besides, you know, their boy Otani or Rendon, and, and, you know, we tried to make it through a whole show without talking about them, but they had a weird game yesterday. 
Renhifo got hurt on deck. <laughs> I mean, anything could happen, but Sam Blum, who covers the team for the athletics, said something happened to Renhifo in the on deck circle. Not sure what it was. Didn't get to the plate. It's being looked at by trainers and now coming out of the game. And then Gretchen comes in and actually was a big factor in the game. <laughs> the I mean, it really goes under the like weird injuries. Although there's way weirder injuries, right? You hear about them off the field. I mean, this is at least something on the field. I mean, you've probably heard of guys. Guys always would get hurt taking swings, hurting their oblique. Listen, I've, I've messed up on the on-deck circle in high school. We had a little circle. I swung. A guy was behind me. I didn't know. Mike Wharton would be his name was. I hit him square in the head with a metal Ooh. bat. He went down like a ton of bricks. I felt terrible. But is, is he alive? He's alive. Okay. But he was. He did say his name was Mike Worldly. <laughs> That's why I was worried. <laughs> I was just. <laughs> He's not dead. You guys take metal everything that. I say. Yeah, metal. Well, we're just listening to the words that now, you said. You know what? Listen to something else. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say wow. the only person I thought was ever going to hurt wow. himself on deck was Hunter Pence and his his on deck swings. They were something were else. Were violent, unearthly. He would he would swing he would swing so hard and so weird that his belt buckle was turned by the time he'd come up to the plate. <laughs> Funniest thing I've ever seen, but not funny. I saw Ryan Braun would stand on the top step and take hacks. He, and they weren't hacks. He would stand on the top step with the weight on, and he would do this thing yes, and this thing, and then he'd look around, look around, <laughs> and then he'd twirl his bat twirl his bat while another dude is on deck i remember and guys are it. like what is he doing, doing. and look he got gene segura like not mean gene oh. were you on the team then i was not did but you I hear saw like, the video did segura get pissed off because i know no. obviously it's an accident but it's like dude you're doing this every day in the dugout ronnie like you gotta do it somewhere else. Move well, on. I guess they know that, they should get out of the way of him. He does it all the time. It's not like a one shot. Yeah, but deal. then they need to make like a penalty yeah, box but he's for him. Doing it, yeah, it's he's dangerous. doing it at the top uh, step where the manager stands. Yes. Over. And like there's counts not is endless over there space like, in the dugout. There's not you, you should not be swinging a bat at all in the dugout. Even dudes that are pinch hitters that have their helmet on and they're standing there like this, like waiting to come up, like you're taking up too much space. Go in the cage, yeah. go somewhere else. No, I agree. But it worked out for Gritchick. Gritchick friggin' comes up with a walk-off hit yeah. after Renhifo, whatever he hurt. And Gritchick's probably feeling like, because I read a really good story about that whole dump deadline where the dudes were all like, they had a meeting with, with Angels Brass, like what's going on, the whole thing. And, and, and Gritchick didn't pick, get picked up, so he's like, ha, take this. Anyway, let's slap hands. Smiling, Scotty. Like a proud papa. I am. Just slapping, slapping hands with my friends on a Friday. Kratz hats. My guy Jesse got himself a new, uh, a new jersey today, signed. So I had to wear my Kansas City Royals. It's got a little dirt on it. BP. A little smudge. Wore this one in Japan, Hapone. Wow. Wow. Arigato. Gozaimasu. Very nice. I wore this in Japan, so I played first base in Japan. That's why it's 
black dirt. Game news, you can't have it. That's it for us. Uh, cheers and props to uh, Borgata in Atlantic City for hosting us. We're back on Friday of next week. And a quick reminder, the BetMGM Sportsbook and Bar is where sports fans all watch sports. Visit theborgata.com for details. And we will see you on Monday on FT Live. Bye.